I am in love with Satan. I've said this a million times, but anyways, I just like, I just, my heart goes out to him and I just love him. Breaking news. <laughs> Sephra is in love with Satan. Who knew? I don't know. More um, fun. the monsters i'm um i'm seth um this week i mean i don't want to say like a long-awaited episode because i don't know if people were really... i feel like it's a long-awaited for me for because you because i need i like sure. i need you guys well i guess us decided you know maybe one book was enough for her in this series but i just need you to get to zeta's book the series we're talking about is uh, yes. of course <laughs> the black dagger brotherhood series by jr ward uh we read dark lover what feels like a year ago turns out it was just september really yeah damn which i guess we are in july as we are recording. yes <laughs> so you know still, it's, it's been a few months uh but we're here we decided to go ahead and give lover eternal book two a chance um, so Seth and I are gonna dive into all things Rage and Mary. Of course, a little bit of Zetas in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was living. All right, I'll just set the scene. So, um, this book is, like you said, it's based, uh, not based, whoa. They're not real people based on. <laughs> <laughs> They're real. What are you talking about? <laughs> the main characters of this book, um, they are Rage and Mary. Um, so Rage is a BDB warrior um, who's like a literal beast. Well, he has a literal beast living inside him who like, he legit has to like fuck the aggression out of him or like, mm-hmm. you know, kill a lot uh, to exert himself. That's what he has sure. to do. Um, so we start off with him. He's extremely tired of the life he's living, but sees no way um, of getting out of it. Um because the curse goes on until I think it has 92 more years to go until he's like curse free. Um, and then we get introduced to the heroine of the story. And that is Mary Luce, Luce, Mary Lucy, Mary Luce, but she goes by Mary. Um, she's a human girl who, um, is just going through the motions of life. She volunteers at a suicide prevention line. She like works as an executive assistant. She's just going through the motions she keeps getting one of these calls where it's just silent and she doesn't like she knows someone's there and everyone's like oh my gosh get the cops involved he could be like a psycho stalker but like she feels like it's not and um she's also like still like i said going through the motions and then she gets a call from her doctor and then she finds out her cancer is back so she has leukemia and i don't i don't think she knows right off the bat that it's back but she knows something no no wrong. she she knows right off the bat cuz she's like they're calling me for my yearly and that can only mean one thing yeah or something like that and she's like right off the bat she's like the cancer's back i know that so she ends up losing herself in her work and volunteering but then is told by her i guess volunteer boss 
whoever's in charge of the suicide prevention line. He's like, you're here too much. <laughs> you're here too much, and you're, like, taking out your personal, like, worries, like, you know, using this as, like, your own outlet, and that's not healthy. Like, you make my job as a boss too easy. Go away a little. <laughs> Live a little, basically yeah. is what he's saying. So, anyway, she gets a call from the silent caller again, and she ends up uh, seeing him because he comes to her house. Um, and she's obviously taken aback and she has she has no idea what's going on, but he, uh, cannot speak, uh, but Mary, uh, Mary knows ASL, so they are able to communicate that way. Um, and so they get to know each other and then her neighbor, Bella, who we don't know yet is a vampire. Um, she talks as well to Mary and then uh, we know his name is John Matthew. She talks to them and then she realizes something's up and then she acts a bit fishy and cut to the three of them going to the Brotherhood Mansion under the guise of it being, like, a place to learn about martial arts, something that John Mary, John Mary, <laughs> John Matthew is extremely interested in. Um, anyways, story really starts off when Mary goes wandering in the mansion, and then she gets cornered by Rage, who's just coming down from turning into his beast, like, the night before, and one of his side effects is that he can't see anything for about a day or two. Um, but he's instantly, like, enthralled, entranced by her voice, by Mary's voice and her scent. Yeah. And he yeah. wants her, like, hella bad. Um, and thus starts their story of him supposedly, you know, getting her to forget everything about the vampires and, like, the Black Dagger Wiping her here. mind. Exactly. After um, every encounter so that she forgets him, she forgets what they've said to each other, yeah. blah, 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 what they've done with each other. Yes. Until he forgets to do it. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, it becomes, like, she becomes, he's so much in her life that he cannot remove himself from her life anymore. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's 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 where the story goes. So her, her mother had also some kind of terminal illness as well, and Mary was the one who took care of her during yeah. that, and then Mary got cancer. Uh, Mary doesn't seem to have a whole lot of people in her life, no. so she's been no. kind of doing this well actually that's not true because wasn't her no her mom was praying okay wait i confused stuff in my mind her mom because i was gonna say it wasn't her mom praying for mary but no her mom was praying when she was sick because she didn't want to leave mary alone in the world that's that's what that yeah. was so yeah so mary my understanding is that she's been going through the cancer um recovery and stuff the what do we call it the um, treatments rem remission R remission is uh, remission it? is when it's no longer active right now in your body right well yeah. uh, she she went through the process of of taking care of the cancer and then remission and then now she's yeah. it's back and she's been doing that alone exactly how did you feel about it i liked it more than the first one i can say that with confidence right away like pretty much yeah pretty much right away like i started the audiobook because i i listened to the audiobook again um and right away i was like you know what i am feeling not only this story but these characters a lot more than i did um was it wrath and beth yes in the first book yeah um, I, we actually, Steph and I had to listen to our episode <laughs> on Dark Lover because it had been a while and we just wanted to make sure that there wasn't like any unanswered questions or theories floating around that we weren't like addressing in this follow-up episode in case someone is, you know, <laughs> listening to both and, you know, back to back and wondering. Um, so for the sake of consistency, I listened to that and, um, what I was saying was that, 
I really wasn't feeling the um, chemistry, I guess you would say, between Wrath and Beth, and I wasn't feeling them as characters either. So, so yeah, so so that was a major issue for me in the first book. Yeah. I mean, there were other things like just kind of the way that uh, women were treated, not only in this world, because it is a pretty dark, like archaic world as far as like how they oh, treat their women. Yeah. Like it's very old school. Yeah. But also the fact that this is like twenty years old as a novel, and so you can imagine that you know if you've been a romance reader for a hot minute, then you know what romance used to be, whereas like as opposed to what we're used to now. Yeah. The kinds of tropes and trends and stuff you would uh, encounter. Um, I mean, it literally started with the the assault of the main female character, which was then never revisited really not at all afterwards um so this this kind of stuff i had issues with it this one followed through you know i feel like it followed through with her illness it wasn't just mentioned one time and that was it um well it wasn't well we can talk about the illness okay, okay um but 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 no but just like right away you you feel like um Maybe because, well, I was going to say maybe because she's an outsider, Mary feels right away like she has a lot more agency and, like, power within this relationship. Like, she's leading more than the, well, he's doing a lot of leading, too. It's rage, after all, like, (laughs) alpha males are going to alpha male, Um, but... It, I, it just felt like she was more in control than Beth. Beth was kind of yeah. just, like, there, and she was kind of just like, save me. I can't do anything for myself. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm being attacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I you can know? agree with that. Yeah. So so I did I did enjoy that. And obviously there's the whole, like, Zadist and Bella subplot yeah. into this, which I was very intrigued by. Um, I think, like, the only truly negative thing i guess for me is just like the actual plot of the series i don't care about you're talking about like much. the overarching plot of like the omega right. and the lessers yeah yeah like all the bits with the lessers and the like you said the the omega and the, the virgins whatever and the like i don't like mr x and like i yeah. don't care about that part of the plot as much i was listening to it but i was kind of just like okay <laughs> Yeah, no, I I started skipping. I just, I didn't follow it again. Like, I feel like that happened to me every time I read this, like, I would, like, reread these books. I would honestly just skip it. Even the first time, I didn't even pay attention to it. Because I think it's, I think what's weird about it for me is that I read urban fantasy. I read Patricia Patricia Briggs. So that's, like, those are, are urban fantasy books with romance to it, obviously. But these... I think what doesn't work for me, like, it's not the, it's not a matter of, like, oh, I want more romance in my books because I read books that don't necessarily have a whole lot of romance. But I think here it's, like, awkwardly walking the line. What do you mean by that? Well, the parts that are romance are very, like, paranormal romance type stuff. Yeah, okay. And so I, I feel it's almost jarring when then you skip to the... Here's plot stuff. Here's like urban fantasy, world building, mm-hmm. villain stuff. Yeah. And then you jump back into the very paranormal esque, you know, side of the story. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's for me, it's still kind of awkwardly walking that line. Like it c- doesn't quite know if it wants to be paranormal romance or if it wants to be urban fantasy with romance. 
And so it's okay. jarring in that way. And yeah. so when you get to those parts, you're not actually that invested in them because it's it kind of almost feels like it has no impact on what's actually going on with the brothers it's very separate in that way so obviously i imagine like the 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 plot becomes much more intricate and much more like entangled with the romance and stuff like i imagine it is but it's just right now especially in this book it just felt very like disjointed like it doesn't go together, and yet it does. I'm trying to even think of, like, the lessers have, like, a bigger impact, like, post-book four. Yeah. Can you explain to me, like, briefly, because we don't really care, what are <laughs> the lessers? Like, are they vampires, too? Are they vampire They're hunters? Like zombies. Are they zombies. They're oh, like okay. So basically, um, so I don't, I don't know if we, this is accurate, but I feel like it is because I've read enough of these books, so I kind of feel like I understand it. So there's like the scribe virgin and then the omega, and um, the scribe virgin obviously created the vampires; those are her children. And then the omega, um, I guess some something happened along those lines where he's like, I'm jealous of that. I'm gonna destroy all of your children. So he created his own like species but he can never like like i don't even know how that happened but anyways what he does is finds like the most cruel evil psychotic people um offers them like immortality but in exchange they like lose their heart and they like become like part of him so like once they die they suffer forever and just like stay with him forever it's like once they die again like once they like the brothers kill them or like take their hearts or whatever they're they right yeah right in pain forever see that's another part of the plot that's very confusing to me because well not confusing just um when i said when i said like it's walking that line kind of awkwardly it's like you have these supposedly big warrior guys right that are like in this brotherhood that's like venerated by vampires of everywhere you know like they're they're kind of like the the big guys but you rarely see them in action and that's bizarre. At least uh, the first two books, again, like it's I'm I I'm gonna imagine or you know foresee that it's gonna change eventually. But right now it's kind of like they're not really doing anything, or like when they are, it's off page, and then they come back, and you just see them coming yeah. back type of stuff. So that's also funny to me because I feel like that's just the way the series is. I'm trying to recall. I feel like there are a lot more like fight scenes. Yeah. Uh, later on but i think it's more or less just like focuses on like the the relationships and that sort of thing i don't know that's that's interesting to me to i feel like that's a first for me to have these like warrior guys but then they never really fight or like they do but not yeah that's not true there are, i remember like i vividly remember some things happening in the series that i'm like oh yeah they they do do like serious fight i said do do they do do stuff yeah how did you feel upon your reread i mean i always like rage and mary i feel like they're just like a comfort couple for me like they're not like my favorite but i love reading their story um and i enjoyed it i Mary, I feel like annoyed me a little bit more this time around. Just like I don't know, like her like self preservation, like her notion of like protecting herself and like not allowing rage to like you know see the ugly side of things. Like it kind of got annoying after a while. Um, in the sense where like I felt like she was so hard on him for a like the like a lot of the book. I think it was more than half of the book. And then like I don't know, that's just the one like gripe I had. But like I still enjoyed them like 
apart like as characters i feel like you said i feel like these characters are developed a lot more better and just had more to them like more meat to them um than wrath and beth ever did um but yeah no i enjoyed this book again like the third fourth time but i always Mm -hmm. get caught up in that one thing that you obviously know what i'm talking about i was gonna ask about that so let's not let because i was like really yeah seth read this and like kept going interesting right. um we'll talk about so it we're gonna keep that for later yeah uh, also apologies if my sound was really loud in my ears i just realized it was like really loud so if there was like an echo uh on my side apologies for that listeners um i fixed it <laughs> yeah well i mean for me i mean i guess like especially as romance readers uh, illnesses in romance are sometimes a bit of a touchy subject you know some people don't want to touch a romance novel with that with a 10-foot pole for various reasons I guess sometimes it just takes over the plot a little bit um sometimes it's just because it's sad as hell um also like are you guaranteed your happy ever after if it's something like cancer it's you know so I understand why some people are just like, that's a hard no, or maybe they have experience with illnesses and they just don't want to read about that. Also, however, the flip side is it's it's important to have different kinds of representations in books. And so, you know, it is interesting, at least for me personally, it was interesting to, to have a character that had cancer, you know, like, yeah, it had been a while since I, I can't remember the last book I read that had a character that was ill so it's it's interesting to see like how does that shape that person's view of life on life you know like and love and intimacy and all the kinds of stuff that comes with it you know like Mm -hmm. when you are someone who is ill and perhaps going you know you know having less energy or you know having a kind of sense of urgency that you and I don't have in our life because we take it for granted that we're going to be here for like 80 years still you know when maybe we won't yeah so anyways it was just interesting to me like right away I was when I because I never reread blurbs so I don't even know if it says in the blurb that she's she has cancer I have no idea but I didn't know so when that was kind of um said in the book I was like oh interesting I just I felt like I I I liked her more as a result and I feel like it I liked her before I liked him because she she was more interested interesting she was more like um uh relatable I guess like for me he was a little bit harder to like because he was a lot he was full-on he was (laughs) you know what I mean like he was just he was intense. He, he was harder to grasp. Like, I felt like I had a better read on who she was as a person oh, than okay. him for a long while. How did, Okay, so how did you feel about this book kind of starting with, like, his frustration with the cor- like, his curse and, like, him, like, blowing up? I think it was to Butch about, like, you think I like sleeping with all these other women, like, every single day. Yeah. And then he has, like, a, a blow up with um, Tor and he tells him that he just wants it all, like, a family and kids and he just wants to settle down with right. one woman. How did you feel yeah. about, like, that plot? I liked that a lot. I wrote it down, actually, because I was like, oh, I like this a lot. Because, obviously, this curse of his kind of forces him to have lots of sex with lots of women, always. Um, so he's kind of seen as, like, this this infamous lover boy. You know, they call him Hollywood because he has a pretty face and, you know, has his way with pretty much anything that has two legs. It was 
interesting to have him voice the fact that like like because obviously they kind of praise him for it like they kind of put him on a pedestal like you're the guy you know rage is the guy that gets all the girls you know like he they kind of act like that with him and it's it was important to see him kind of push against that and go no like this is lonely you know I'm extremely lonely like yeah it's just sex but then you go home to someone after I've had sex with these women that's it I'm I'm home alone type of thing so I liked to see that side of him I think that was really important in like in like understanding his viewpoint and like why perhaps he would latch on to someone like Mary so quickly because obviously like these guys fall immediately and hard (laughs) So, so, so yeah, so you see why he's like desperate to have that and and desperate to have it with Mary, even if it means to a certain extent that it's not going to be for long. Yeah. You know, because there is the, the, the possibility that she will die. Did you feel like, um, I guess these scenes, did it uh, like impact the way you saw rage? Like, was this like your turning point for him or how did you end up? It was one of them. I I mean, this was still fairly early on in the book. Um, but it, it was you know something that I was like oh okay this is interesting Mm -hmm. like this this kind of adds layers to an otherwise kind of flat character in the sense that like it's a character we've seen and read plenty of times before you know like he's not particularly new in that sense yeah but so it's nice to to see layers to it and and see that like no this curse is like he's not like this infamous lover boy like he hates it he hates every second of it and like he feels disgusted by their scent on his skin and he just feels like he needs to wash it off and he's just like it's uh, yeah yeah okay one thing that griped me reading this like i know it's so nitpicky but like the way they talked about the other women don't you feel like it was a little bit like not derogatory but it's just like yeah they kept calling them whores no it is it fully is let's call it what it is it is (laughs) yeah it is like the way they treat the other women is a little like used and then thrown away no and it's also like their inner like thoughts pertaining to these Mm. women as well like i just found it like so like icky Yeah. yeah i mean they're faceless nameless yeah. Except that, except that one person, that one girl. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Uh, this was an issue in the first book as well, like the way uh, Wrath was treating uh, Marissa. Yeah, I think I commented upon just like his kind of just he, he's fully aware that she, he was fully aware that she had feelings for him, that she was hoping he would make her his. Uh, bride or main or a Lelon or whatever the fuck it was called in this world. Shalon. Shalon. I don't even know how you pronounce it. How do they pronounce it in the, like, the audiobook? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember hearing that word, to be perfectly honest. Huh. <laughs> he was fully aware of that, and yet he was still kind of treating her like trash, like kind of like, come here, I need, I have a use for you, but when I don't have a use for you anymore, just go away. I don't want to see you. Right. It was a lot of that. And here it's kind of the same. You know, it's kind of just like I'm using you and then I don't want to see you again because there's nothing from you that I could like there's nothing else from you I want yeah. type of thing. Um, Question. Yes. So 
basically, my understanding is that female vampires are extremely rare or becoming more and more rare in this world, correct? I believe so. So, the woman that they call so that rage can feed on someone. Layla. Are they considered sort of like prostitutes, like sex workers, but like sex and blood workers? Feeders? Um, Givers? (laughs) Donors? I don't think so. They're more like, they're called the chosen. So, like, I guess they were, like, I wouldn't say groomed, but, like, they were educated and basically groomed by this fire virgin. And they are, like, her, is it acolytes? What's the word? Sort of like uh, ladies in waiting, then. Basically. Yeah. So, um, I don't think they talk about it in this one, but apparently they were all, like, chosen um to it's so it's so backwards now i wonder if you're talking about it but basically the brotherhood like i think layla mentioned that the brotherhood are supposed to sleep with them and procreate to continue the race so um usually there's like a prime male and like he's the one that sleeps with all of them basically (laughs) (laughs) who's that you'll you'll see uh you'll see it'd be funny if it was like fury (laughs) My little shy boy. <laughs> I mean. Well, yeah. So, so my question, I guess, is um, okay. So they're not. They're, they're. They're like highly revered. Like. But are they though? Because the way he was treating her didn't feel like that to they're me. They're supposed to be. But then Layla's a whole other issue. I hate her. I think she's the. Worst. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, I guess uh, uh, another question to that then is is how because we've established they're a little backwards in their ways a little when it comes to women so so my next question i guess is when it comes to someone like bella who is a female vampire and therefore quite precious in this world i imagine how come she's allowed to just live outside of like you know like i would imagine these guys to well not these guys, but just, you know, the vampire world to, to kind of, yeah. like, shelter those those women or just, like, because they're so backwards that I wouldn't put it past them to kind of just, like, I don't know, like, just hide their women away in some dark corner of the world, I you mean, know? I mean, she talks about it in her own book. Oh. Um, but but <laughs> well, I'm see, glad I'm having the right questions. <laughs> you are having the right questions, which is really good. Um, but yeah, if you check the glossary, there is something, I think that's called seclusion or something like that. You'll, uh... Glossary? My goodness. Yeah, the, the book. Oh no, you, you listen to the audiobook. But yeah, so, um, yeah. Seclusion is basically like the women are in seclusion and the only one who has, I guess, access to letting her out or like seeing people is like the male of the house. So that like come, we said, might come into play backwards in book three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So so let's actually dive into yes. the plot. <laughs> Funnily enough, the first scene in my notes is not even a rage and Mary scene. <laughs> it's the first scene where Bella and Zadis. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you felt set the scene how was it what was it what happened and your inner thoughts right okay so from my understanding 
from my understanding, Zadist has some, well, he's like training, I guess. So hot. Yes. He's like he's got some pent up uh, frustrations. He's fighting, training, training, looking hot. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bella. Well, actually, okay. So this is when Mary is is goes to the the Black Dagger Brotherhood compound house, whatever the fuck, wherever the fuck they live with John and Bella, because obviously John is like turning into a vampire. Um, and Bella, sorry, uh, Mary is there to, because he can't, like, talk, so someone needs to be able to, um, interpret what he's saying, yeah, translate, uh, and Bella accompanies them because, why? Um, because she's the one that called in, and she's a vampire, I guess, female, so she just, okay, I guess, she was just there to visit. (laughs) She went to meet her man, is what happened. Anywho, um, so... I guess first off, we should say that Mary and Rage have that like encounter that you mentioned, that where encounter where he held, held like, right, holds yeah, her basically the wall. humps her against the wall. And like one of my favorite things, real, real quickly before we get to Zadist and Bella, um, is like the whole like obsession with like one's voice. I don't know why right. it always gets to me. Like Rage, ugh, he like tells her to say nothing, and then she ends up just like singing nothing, nothing, nothing like the whole time. And I'm like, damn, I wish, like, a man would find my voice hot. But I know it's the most annoying thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, so he's got her all up uh, against a wall. It's, it is pretty hot. I was a little confused because at first I didn't understand, like, that because of the curse, like, when it ends, he's, like, he needs a recovery time before yeah. he, like, regains all his senses. So I was very confused as to why he couldn't see her. Um... Anywho, all this to say, that's happening. Cut to Bella, who is, like, wandering around and stumbles upon, uh, stumbles upon this training Zadist, um, looking hot. And, uh, Zadist doesn't have a particular, uh, love for women. (laughs) Not at all. Let's just put it that way. He fucking hates women. With reason. And hates, reason. like, any like any form of touch. Just not. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's been traumatized in the past. But yeah. anyways. Um, and, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm going to butcher it. But, like, feel free. Well, okay. So, Bella, she's like us, okay? She saw Zetas and she was like, hot damn. This Let man me have a bite of that one. Mark me down as scared and horny. She's la- she was that gif at that time. Um, and... Because he's caught, he's, like, scarred and... Tatted up. Tatted up. Um, Looking rough. Yeah, he's just hot. So, anyways, basically, she sees him, and as she's walking in, the door slams shut because she didn't obviously hold it. So, he turns around, face full of aggression, his mouth, like, his top lip is lifted up because of his scar, and she just, like, takes him in. Um, and their meeting is not a meet cute, um, at all. (laughs) It's, uh, get on your knees and show me how sorry you are, cute, I guess. Trying to intimidate her, and, uh, Fury comes to the rescue. Although Bella, question or not, I don't know if she wanted to be, uh, rescued. Right, I mean, from that moment on, she's like, kind of can't stop thinking about that, though. I know. (laughs) She's gonna like kind of kind of want to see where it could have gone. Though. I know. <laughs> Can't blame her. Can't blame her. 
Um, yeah, so that's my first introduction to... Well, I mean, not really. We see him in the, the last book. First but book. honestly, it's been so long <laughs> that it felt like <laughs> first introduction for me. How did you feel about, like, their first scene, though? Loved it. Okay. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Like, he's obviously being a little mean. But it was fine when he was like, what What does she say? She, she says, like, sorry for disturbing you or something like that. Like, sorry for disrupting you. I think so. I don't remember. I didn't mark the scene down. Because, we, right, I think it's sorry for disrupting you. And then he's like, well, you can get on your knees and show me how you're sorry for yeah, disrupting you or like something that. like that. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Sadist. I see you. <laughs> I hear you. Um, oh, gosh. We need help. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. <laughs> It shouldn't be hot, but, but it's it hot. Like there, there's nothing else is. to, to you know, say about it besides it was a hot first meet. You like, don't reason with crazy. Exactly. You just accept it. But then, like you realize, like as you see him more in the book, that it was literally just like an act. Like he was just like, right. It was just like a bluff. That's something that surprised me. Really. Because of how he's described. By pretty much everyone on the internet, including you. What do you just, mean? You, well, I mean, just you imagine, I, I mean, plus like his name, hello, but like you just, you imagine this like hard ass, like meanie, like I was kind of imagining like the lawfare of this series. No, he's not. He's like. But he's not. A broken, broken, broken person that like needs to learn to live. And it's just like the most beautiful thing ever. I love him. Yeah. So so that surprised me a lot how yeah. turns out he's just like a softie that's been hurt a lot and he's hiding behind a facade. He didn't get a chance to really live. Yeah. Um what do you want to talk about next? Cuz I was my next note is literally about their first proper sex scene. So I feel like <laughs> Skipping a lot of shit. Um, okay, so, okay, I think let's go back to the beginning in the sense where, like, how did you feel about John Matthew? So, like, you know who he is, kind of. Do you, okay, at the beginning of the book, did you know that that was Darius reincarnated? No, and un- up until this moment, I didn't, but I did. In the sense that when I finished the book, I, well, I mean, towards the end of the book, like, when things were starting to unravel, I had, like, an inkling. Oh. That, that's what was gonna happen sorry <laughs> no i mean like sorry i thought like it was like a, a known fact i, I didn't know i mean i i kind of i thought about it but i didn't like fully was like oh yeah that's what that is but i was oh, like okay. mm, probably is though you know so yeah. but so now it's confirmed great clearly his payment was um not like the loss of his voice remember how oh. like scribe virgin was like oh you're gonna have to pay also also he took the route of like never knowing his daughter well not knowing that his daughter is his daughter so now he's going to be in contact with his daughter without him or her knowing that it's him yeah yeah i mean it was fine i mean i liked him i felt for him there's a scene 
much later where um when he he goes to he goes with uh tor torment to his house and his mate whose name i can't remember right now well um what Wellsy Wellisandra. she cooked for him yeah and like he eats the food and it's like she, well she she's also a vampire correct yeah so she like, knows so what he needs yeah so she knows what he needs and so she's like giving him food that he can eat and like just the the fact that he's like sitting there feeling so emotional because he feels like understood and taken care of for and the first time that. in his life yeah yeah like he he doesn't need to say what he can eat is just there because he's fully with people that understand what he's going through and that I felt that that yeah. scene I was like yeah I feel that I feel no, that, that scene was so good and it's like I love how Welsey was like um Tor he knew he was by and like because she knew he needed to like like he was having like a moment and he needed to like mm-hmm. let those emotions flow and like yeah. I don't know I just I loved baby john matthew i just think like because we get to see him like grow in the series yeah yeah, Um, i imagine it's just like i don't know i love seeing his character and i love seeing like where he starts in this book and then like Mm -hmm. remembering where he ends up but also uh to add to the conversation of like how these men are in this world like it's not to say that this book is uh, this series or world is without complexity in that sense because you then have characters like tor who John Matthew actually comments on, like, because at some point Torres is talking on the phone with um, his mate. Like, John Matthew is like, in his thoughts, he's like, oh, and then he's gonna turn around and, like, you know, do that macho thing that guys do, like, yeah. oh, my, my wife again, type of thing, you know? And he does it, you know? And then he goes to his house, and the way that Tor is just, like, completely whipped for his wife, and, like, she's clearly in control, and he's not, like, she's like, go away, and he goes away without, like, blinking, you know? So it's not to say that, like, all the males are like this, and that there's no, no complexity, and that, like, they're completely incapable of like you know being on equal equal footing with a female like clearly it's possible and there are males like tor no of course and i also feel like i know this is like a a really dumb thing to say but i do feel like them like finding their woman in a way like humanizes them a bit and like Mm. like i guess it teaches them empathy or whatever but i feel like yeah you'll see i think um actually no i can't talk more about tor but anyways um Anyways, that being said, yes, I loved Tor um, a lot in this book. Um, how did you feel about, or, or how do you feel just in general about the fact that the whole beginning of Rage and Mary's relationship is kind of based on small moments together that are wiped out of her brain? Without like that her consent? He, yeah... What can you say? I, I I didn't like it. I feel like book one and two do that a lot, but I feel like it's not revisited because maybe like the author was like, actually, that's not okay. Um, but I do feel like there were important moments for Mary not to remember. And I think of, like later on, for sure, like he releases those memories and she remembers the attack in the park. But like, yeah. I don't know if they ever like mentioned her remembering their first meeting in the hallway of the mansion. Um, but I 
I I don't know. How did you feel about it? I think what makes it potentially feel worse is that both of those encounters involved intimacy to some degree. In the first one, he's got her all up against the wall. And then in the second one, when they go on that, like, date. (laughs) (laughs) To TG. It was a TG, um, TGI Friday. No, no, no. That was the other date. Well, I don't know. At some point, I I believe they're in a car. And uh, basically, he's, like, touching her down there a little. And then, no, no, no. They kissed in the park, too. That was what she forgot. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, but she forgot when he was touching her, too. Did he touch her in the car? I don't remember. Yeah, well, yeah. He She brings his hand down under her. Damn, I'm pretty girl. sure. Anyways. Right. So, because it involves moment, moments like that, in which she was... Well, in the first one, when she was against the wall, one could say she didn't have much say in the matter. But <laughs> the following encounters the the subsequent scenes she does she, like she's the one asking for it type of thing which feels wrong saying that well <laughs> she's 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 the one cons- she's consent consenting to it oh of course but i think what feels wrong is that then her memories are wiped which but the touch hat like remains in the sense that it happened and he remembers it but she doesn't so then what was first or what was formally consenting or consensual no longer feels like it yeah in a way because it's it happened it still happened she just no longer remembers it and so I think that's what feels icky about it to yeah. me. Let's give Rage the benefit of the doubt um, a little bit here. It wasn't that he wanted to do it. He actually did not, like, never want to take away her memories. He, no, right. Was, like, no, that's order true. exactly yeah, yeah. from Tor. So, like, it's this that, fucking world again. It's the world. And it's, like, <laughs> Tor trying to protect um, the people and, like, the Black Dagger Brotherhood and all that stuff. But um, through it all, because her bag gets stolen, she ha- she gets her memories back of her right. time with Rage. I'm in yeah. at the mansion, I think. And um, so she's living there now. She has to live there for her protection. So segueing into when she first goes to live at the mansion with him for that, like, one night. You know, it's supposed to be, like, one night or, like, a couple nights because people are after her, the lessers. And she has her appointment blah, blah, with the blah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, Is that... The night where he goes off to fight and fuck because of the beast? I think so, yeah. Okay. So at this point, they haven't had sex yet because anytime he gets any sort of, like, intimate with Mary, um, he feels, like, this buzzing, like, this hum under his skin. He, like, feels... He feels it. He knows his beast is, like, really close to the surface, so he doesn't at all let himself get further than, like, making out with her or detaching himself from any sort of sexual encounter with her does he actually have sex with other women that night or was that was that a misunderstanding between them where she was thinking that he did but he he thought she was asking about the previous women like before he met her or does he actually have sex with women that night he did fuck somewhere okay (laughs) and then my note literally says 
I'm surprised you're okay with that, Sam. <laughs> I'm not okay. I literally take my memory. I literally wipe my mind like how they do in these books. I take it out of my mind and I pretend it doesn't happen. Um, no. In all seriousness, I mean, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But we don't even know if he fucked one woman. What in case it was like a whole like harem of women? We don't know. It was know. probably a whole harem. It Ugh. probably was. Anyways. I don't know. I feel like it's not even my place for me to be like, I forgive him. Whatever. <laughs> but it's just like him like being in his head and like understanding where he was mentally and like yeah. how broken and sick with himself he was. I felt bad for him. And plus, like Mary kind of like made him work for her love anyway, like as the story progressed. But it's just like, I don't know. I mean, like I got it. I didn't like it, but I understood it. And like because of where he was, I was tolerant about it it doesn't help that he takes a long fucking while to tell her why that's the case like why he Mm -hmm. needs that so from mary's point of view she's just like i'm not enough which is playing directly into her own insecurities about herself she's like i'm not enough he doesn't want me he's just like going out there to fuck all these women Because she doesn't know that, like, he doesn't want to. He needs to. Like, it's not, it's, it's not a desire that he has. It's, he's forced by this curse into doing that. And he is scared of letting himself or that side of himself free with Mary. Yeah. Um, that brings me back to, like, the whole idea of her not even knowing about the curse. How did you feel about that? Like, she didn't know about the curse until, like, a lot later in yeah that's a that's a bit of a i'm a bit confused as to why that was necessary no i was gonna say like rage basically says like once she finds out and like she cools down the beast and like the beast is like a cute little puppy with her or whatever um he basically tells her like he didn't tell her because he thought she would literally like run away with disgust and like not want to be with him after which, I mean, everyone is afraid of the beast. Everyone, like, thinks he's, like... But you're literally a vampire. Like, to me, it's, like, once you've accepted that vampires who you didn't know existed prior to this, to meeting this man exist, I feel like going just one step further and being, like, I actually also shift into this, like, creature thing. Yeah. I'd be, like, okay. I think it Anything also- else? <laughs> I think it plays into, like, his own, like, self-loathing or, like, his own hatred towards, like, this curse and, like, the beast that lives within Mm. him. Like, he honestly hates that part of him and he tries not – he, like, suppresses it so much to the point where, like, like, every – I don't know, is it every week? One time a week, like, this beast comes out because he suppresses it so much and he Mm. just, like, hates it. He hates that part of him so much. Do you think he relies – on his appearance as like this gorgeous ass man a lot and that that plays into why he doesn't like the beast side of himself but but then also there's again complexity to how he views the beast because several times he thinks about when the beast won't be there anymore and he's like well i've really grown codependent with Mm -hmm. this thing yeah like he's kind of like he's 
trying to convince himself that he he won't miss it but he we kind of understand that he would just because it's like it's become such a part of his identity and who he is that it's he kind of can't imagine his life without it now yeah i think he became really codependent on the beast but i don't think he relied on his like good looks like i honestly feel like it was just the way he was born like he's just a hot man like i, I don't even i don't know but i just think it was just he talked about how he got cursed and I don't know. I just feel like that that guilt for killing that bird and like, you know, just like the life he led before he got the beast, like it caused him to feel a lot of guilt for sure. And No, yeah. I mean, okay. That I mean, sure. I just wonder if like you know, cuz cuz oftentimes like we you know, we'll we'll have like characters that are that consider themselves unattractive for XYZ reason. Yeah. You know. Um literally Zetas, <laughs> you know like you don't have to look very far to find an example of this here yeah um and oftentimes you know their appearance plays a lot into how they interact with people and how they view themselves and etc cetera, etc cetera. but the the flip side is often quite true as well of like people that are perceived as you know so attractive that it kind of like their whole personality boils down to just that yeah in that way as well so i just i think i think there is a part of that for him you know he is viewed as like this hollywood lover boy guy in part because he is very good looking yeah. and like attractive and attracting all the women and always has and always will yeah. you know most likely so I think it does you know I think I maybe rely is the wrong word but just um, I think it's his facade just, like it's his wall. has like a, a complicated relationship with that yeah perhaps I I think it's like his wall in the sense where like it's just easier for people to see that and perceive that to be his truth and for people to be like, oh my gosh, he's so hot. He knows he's hot. He gets all these women. It's just a wall to, you know, he doesn't want to be vulnerable with people. Even his own brothers don't even know the truth about him. And I think it's just easier for people to just think that about him, just think he's like shallow surface level for them to actually know like the inner pain and like what he actually feels. Mm -hmm. Wait, you never talked about, you. how did you feel about him sleeping with other women? Oh, uh, I didn't mind it. I guess I was just like, I was, <laughs> I, I was actually thinking about you more than me, like thinking like, oh, that's interesting that Seth is okay with that type of thing. Like, that's kind of what I was thinking. I wasn't really caring because they're faceless, nameless in the background. Yeah. Kind of not like to me, it felt more icky. The scene with the Layla girl, woman, Layla, okay. that felt ick here for me because it just felt wrong in a way like just how she's there and she's like intruding in an ideal yeah. world he would be able to feel feed from mary but sadly that's not the case right so the only reason why he can't is it just because it'd be like being on a like uber effective diet where he would like start losing a bunch of weight and just like Be like zetist? it's not enough type of thing he's zetist yeah right <laughs> okay so basically it's just like it's not enough it's like being on a diet yeah that I'm just sure works when, too well i'm sure when they be fucking 
He does like <laughs> tap the vein a little bit, but that's about it. I wish he had. Why didn't he? I that's one of my gripes. Okay, I mean at least with the first three, because I've reread all three of them now. I'm like, not that it's a spoiler at all, because I just I personally like a lot. Like I think I want like a an overwhelming amount of these scenes. Um, because I just I think it's such a great. Tro- it's not even a trope, but it's just our way of life, the way to live. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, what, are, wait, what do you mean? The blood drinking? Blood drinking. Yeah, I just feel like I, I love it. I want to see more of it in our fiction. Now, it is a little bizarre that in a vampire book, at no point does he drink her blood. Like, it just... Well, because I feel like because she has leukemia. What's the point? You know? Well, just... I mean, sure. But if he did drink from her, would she get pleasure from it? I think so. And don't forget, they get another book. Actually, they get like three, to be honest. What? They, Wait, are th- are they the couple that like you have issues with because one of them died? No, 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 no. Oh, no. it's not them. You haven't okay. met them they yet. Get three books. Okay, wow. so basically, if I remember correctly, they were in the Blood Legacy series as like a companion couple. So originally, the Blood Legacy um series was supposed to be like one of the new recruits and one of the old couples, and that was the way she was gonna bridge them. Um, and I don't know if she followed through with that because I stopped reading. Um. But yeah, they were in there, and then they have the book called The Beast as well. Oh. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something happens to Rage. Oh, okay. I, I can I can go into it. So basically, um, because he went against direct orders from his king, as well as like his, I guess, general. Is Tor like their general? I don't know. Anyways, he went against direct orders, and he didn't wipe Mary's memory, and in fact, he brought her back to live with them because her life's in danger he had to go through something called a, a rife and um so basically that was just uh the scribe virgin agreed to it she'll be present there it's like a punishment for going against like her his king and um so basically it's the whole brotherhood they all have to wear these robes and they go to like their mystical i think in between realm so basically they're all naked because you know that's what they do and um they imagine about like what six guys six really hot guys yeah in a room naked together hot shit anywho anyways so basically once the once the tv series coming out <laughs> I feel we're like, gonna need visuals no i feel like everyone was like rooting for like a tv series to happen and then jr ward just like nixed it she's like i will never make these into a tv series because no one can live up to them i mean i respect that honestly yeah i do as lord well lord knows some tv series really like, who Mess could live up, up to Zetas? And even Rage. Like, right. Rage is just, like, he's described as, like, the epitome of, like, beauty. I don't know. Like, literally, I mean, he's blonde, too. So it's like, who are you going to cast? Chris Hemsworth? With, like, literally ocean blue eyes. Like, they're, like, I don't know. Anyways, he sounds beautiful. Um, yes. That being said, so basically, right. <laughs> the writhe is happening. The scribe virgin comes in in her black robe. Um, anyways, robes come off. It's not nothing se- sexual. So basically, Tor had to choose the weapon. Unfortunately. Yes. Tor had to choose t- the weapon that uh, Rage, you know, gets injured by. Um, yeah. And they choose like a, a tri-whip, I believe. And it's like one of their ancient weapons. So each brother, including the king, have to, uh, they have to whip Rage. And um, Rage is barely standing at this point. And the last brother standing is our boy Zadist. 
and he does not, and I mean, does not want to do it. He is backing away. He is, like, afraid. He's like, I'm not doing it, guys. I can't do it. And, like, Fury has to literally, like, talk him into it and say, like, you've got to do it. Or else Rage is going to be, like, standing there and he's not going to, like, his, the punishment won't finish. So he does it. And my boy starts crying right after, I think. Yeah, and don't they get a lash on their own back when they do it on yeah. did i understand no that correctly? um okay sorry he wasn't crying i remember now so basically um because <laughs> i don't was he crying she she imagined that that was in her fan fiction guys <laughs> i imagined it okay guys i in my head he's like this emotional like adorable sweet man um puppy so basically in order like i guess in solidarity all the brothers uh -huh. cut their chest and like Z's oh, okay. cut so that's was the deepest is. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's what. That's what I was trying to get at. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He was crying, sobbing, <laughs> calling his mom. <laughs> I think you've been writing fan fiction. <laughs> oh, did I? I'm so totally gonna be exposing my friend Mayanna. So for one of my birthdays, she literally wrote me a fanfic letter. No. It was so beautiful. Um, Wait, she got me. Was it you and Zadist? Yes. Oh no! <laughs> no, and it was great. Like I honestly, she got me like a Z Pandora charm, right? I literally have it, uh -huh. and like people ask, they're like, "Why do you have a Z?" And I'm like, "That's my husband, Zeta's girl." Um, so my love for Zeta's runs deep, and I love that my friend Mayanna, hi Mayanna, literally hi, Mayanna. Uh, fueled and like fed my love. I love it. I love it. Um, right. So what I'm trying to get at <laughs> is that Rage, after that, um, he's unwell, uh, yeah. for obvious reasons, and he's, uh, bedridden, and, uh, Mary is taking care of him, and Zadist comes by. Yes. And I love that scene between Mary and Zadist. Uh, Rage is kind of, like, out of it during this. He's sleeping. Yeah. Um, and Mary opens the door and Zadis is there and he's like trying to put on the like, I'm such a meanie. I'm going to like um, rape you. So like, right, like go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Mary sees through that. Well, does she? I don't know, but she's kind of oh, just she choosing does. to be kind of fearless about it. Like she's like, eh. I ain't scared of you. Yeah. Um. And and she can tell that he wasn't just there to he wasn't at the door to like threaten her. Obviously, he came because he wanted to see his brother and make sure that he was okay. Right. And she's like trying to come up with like a reason why she could like let him have his moment with his brother. And she's like, oh, I'll just go take a shower. But he's being such an asshole that she's like, I was trying to give you a moment here. Yeah. <laughs> You're really ruining it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just I I I really liked that little moment no, between right. them and then Zadist um does go see his brother and he sings to him. And he's literally like trying so hard not to touch him and like bending over and like just hovering right. over it and I'm like Ah, Zadist. Right. It's funny because I really wasn't picturing Zadist as like this like borderline like lanky guy like he's just he's very unfed like I was kind of imagining him as like this big scary muscly guy but like turns out he's like 
severely unfed and like kind of bony looking almost well, like he's, he's just giving himself like the bare necessities he wants to right. feel the mm-hmm. pang of hun- hunger he like wants to just you know right. barely he's like s- existing at this point but you mentioned that scene with like mary and zadis and i just like i absolutely loved it in the sense where like it was just so telling like we get someone like the- mary who you know really should be scared of z and she is she's totally scared of z and um Mm -hmm. she really knows nothing about his past and like everything that happened there but like i just feel like she sees past the bullshit and she sees past his facade and she just like sees a man that's so broken just lashing out and she's like you know what you get your time whereas his brothers rightfully so they have had like i think a hundred years with him and they wrote him off completely and they're just like waiting for him to die because they think that's the next step and like they just automatically believe in the first book and i think they mentioned in this one that like he's the woman that's murdering like sorry he's the man that's murdering all these like human women as well i think Mm -hmm. i don't know anyway so they just believe that it's them and then in this book you find out that it's actually the lesters doing it to like pull out the the brotherhood yeah well he they literally say they literally say he's not broken he's ruined like there's no say like you can save someone who's broken but with Zetus, we're just waiting for him to die. Yeah. Like, they literally say that. Yeah. Um, I think this is, like, an interesting part where maybe I'm, like, over-analyzing this, but I feel like this is an instance where you see the difference between someone who is immortal and someone like Mary who is literally faced with her own death. Like, the very real possibility and incoming possibility, like, yeah. death. Because that creates in her, I think, a fearlessness. Like, she's kind of like, I ain't got nothing to lose. Yeah. Like, I understand my own mortality to an extent. And, like, I, I'm i just going to take life by the balls. And people like Zadist, I think it just... She's kind of freed of her own prejudices and her own, like, that type of stuff. Because... There's no more room for that in her life. You know, there's yeah. there's literally time is running out. You know, why be petty? Why be scared? Why be all these things that we deal with every single day? Because she's like, I ain't got no time for that anymore. Yeah. Whereas you kind of see the like dejection or like, I don't know, there's a word I'm looking for. I can't think of it of like being immortal where it's like you kind of grow a little pessimistic, I guess, or, like, a little, like, meh, you know, like, what's the point of making an effort anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, life is kind of meaningless. It's kind of, like, this thing that's, like, not not just taken for granted, like, you and I, who are still mortal, but kind of, like, to a, you know, an even bigger degree, because it's, like, yeah, literally does not mean anything anymore. Yeah. So I feel like there's a kind of like um, a lack of, of effort almost to like see their brother in, in a still positive light. It's kind of like, yeah, eh, Zetas is just going to be Zetas. And he'll, he was always like that and he's never going to change. And there's like no point in trying to understand him Yeah, and he's like anymore. this cruel, you know, evil murderer. And like that's all they see and that's all they want to see. Um but yeah, no, and I also really love this scene too. I forgot to mention um, when he re- like realizes she's like flipping amazing, and he turns around before he leaves, and he's like, "You're an extraordinary woman," or something like that. And right. I'm like, "Yeah, 
Yeah. Sadist. <laughs> he really he really surprised me honestly i i don't know what i was expecting but it definitely wasn't that are they good surprises or you're like i kind of wish he went no this good, way. good. Okay. yeah good 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 just different yeah right like it, the the opposite of like a lothair type character wouldn't have been any uh less good it's just like it's different yeah and i actually like that it's different because i I went in expecting one thing, and I was like, oh, no, actually, he's this completely different kind of character that I wasn't anticipating mm-hmm. in the series, and I'm, I'm glad he's here, you yeah. know? Okay, that's good. And I, I especially like his physique. Like, I especially like that he's, for once, not just, like, this broken dude, but he's, like, kind of, like, a little, like, skinny, a little, like, he needs to be fed. Yeah. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Eat from the source, you know? <laughs> I just, I can't wait till you get to the third book and, like, you find out basically what his favorite meal is. I mean... Is it pussy? <laughs> Maybe. Speaking of... Um... <laughs> How do you segue into anything with that? Well, someone who does get fat... <laughs> Where I'm trying to go is Mary gives Rage head. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to segue here. Um, we've made it. Roughly. <laughs> we've made it. Um, she gives him head. And the reason why I'm bringing this scene yeah. up in particular, because, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm not just bringing it up for the sake of it. Um, there's something, I think, important in this moment in the sense that uh, Rage reveals that this is the first time that someone gives him head because he's never let the other women go down on him. I feel like, way. I think he said it's like, hasn't it been a while? Like, I don't think he's done it. Like, no, I feel like he says he, he's never. Oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure he said he's never. Damn. The um, more you know. So, and I thought that was really interesting because it's almost like. He didn't want to use the the other women in that way or almost I, it could go one of two ways. Like either for him, this is like him trying to make himself comfortable in that like sort of um, in, in, into like embodying this like lover boy dude who's like fully aware that women are kind of using him for their own like pleasure it's kind of like ooh, i fucked rage you know like it's kind of like a thing you know so either it's him fully like putting himself in that box and like feeling or trying to feel okay with being used and not receiving in that regard because that feels a little too intimate or the other option is well, I guess that like it just it feels too intimate, too intimate yeah. to him, and so he's never shared that side of things with other women until Mary. Yeah, who he does want to share that with, yeah. type of thing. How did you? So okay, we're still on the dick. How did you feel about their <laughs> sex scenes? Like like from their first one. So the first one I think happens when he comes home after sleeping with the other woman. Um, and then he's more or less, like, all drained, so he's, like, he's able to have sex with her, but it's more of, like, she was trying to get back at him in that sense, so that was, like, their first actual penetrative sex scene. My understanding 
because my no no I think you're right no you're right so basically she wants to leave yeah she wants to leave and I thought it was interesting and I kind of understand why you're bringing this up right now because I thought it was interesting how his first instinct like he kind of gets mad that she wants to leave he kind of reverts back to what he thinks he's good at Mm -hmm. or worthy or or his worth which is like you want the dick i'll I'll give you the dick like we'll have sex like we'll we'll like he literally like oh no that's all hold on pause i'm talking about like their first like like penetrative sex scene which happens after he comes back from the the person the we you know when he went to the club and he slept with that woman and then he comes back and then he's all like oh my gosh and he washes his skin like you know he showers and then she's like oh my gosh i can't believe you did that i hate it and then he's like use me like just use me like i'm here for you to use and then he like literally just like well it goes hand in hand like it's just this this both of those instances are about him like throwing himself at her like use me yeah and using that language, like, use my body. Like, th- if this is all you want, because he's fully thinking, like, she doesn't want me on, like, an emotional, intimate level, let's have sex then. Like, because that, then that's all you yeah. want from me. But this one wasn't, like, out of, like, malicious No, 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 no. Just... but it, it's, no, 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 yeah. it wasn't, but it's interesting that he's using that language. Because yeah. he, he was using that language. So I, for that reason, I just want to make a point of saying that, like, that ties into, I think, also his past, rela- like, sexual relationships and, like, what was allowed and what wasn't allowed between him and those women and just, like, how he views himself and his worth and his body and etc. So, yeah. To answer your question, um, I did th- feel like, well, you were asking, like, how I felt yeah. about sex. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> To answer your question, I did feel like for someone who is sort of renowned for being, you know, this like ultimate sex god type character, that the sex scenes weren't that hot. But then I had a thought because I was like, why do I feel like like this? You know, like, why do I feel like these scenes aren't as hot like that, that I, I felt like that was kind of me being like some having some kind of bias for some reason <laughs> I was like trying to like think like why I think it's because the point here isn't to have some like wild ass sex it's the intimacy that's important yeah and I think that's why I was like that's not as hot, but, like, that's totally a prejudice on my part because it's, like, it's intimate. Yeah. That's what counts. Like, they are connecting on a level that they both need from each other, which is that intimate level. So it's, like, it's not about having crazy wild sex. It's about connecting emotionally with someone. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. What do you think? No, I thought they were they were great. Um. And like you said, it was more so, like, rage, like, learning how to, like, be intimate and just making love for the first time as well, um, I feel like was a really important thing for him. And I think it played out really well in their sex scenes um, after she comes back, you know, because she, like, closes off and she's like, I'm, like, I don't need to tell you anything. I'm fine. Like, I'm okay. I'm feeling great. And then he, like, totally, like, just, like, stops 
trying and he gives up and then like she goes stays with uh, Bella and then like he comes to visit and he's still like cold and like just like ready to be done um and that sort of thing and then when she decides to tell him like I'm not okay like I need to lean on you like it's not gonna be a pretty next few months but like I need you um then their sex scenes were more like like they were hella intimate um and they were just like I don't know I I found they were well done I will give points for some face sitting and then I will deduct points for some beast sex that was awfully undescriptive and unwild. I was what I was like, you know, know what? I'm cool with like intimate soft sex. Well, I mean, he's not soft, but like you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like it was fairly like not that you know, oh my god, wildest sex I've ever had type of th- stuff. But I was gonna be like, I'm okay with that. If if the sex scene where she's actually having sex with his beast rather than him, well, him, like, the beast is the one that's, like, In aware. Charge. Yeah. 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 I was going to be like, come on, then that was the time to serve me some wild ass shit, please. I'm sorry. The beast seems so hot. And, like, I also, like, the chains were involved great. And I love when he's like, yeah, come slicks it on my face. And, like... Right. It got intense, yeah. um, but I just, like like you said, I wish there were more beast sex scenes, and I don't remember at all if they were in later books, but I feel mm-hmm. like the beast brings the intensity that, like, rage was lacking with Mary, which is fine. Right. Yeah, exactly. How did yeah. you feel about uh, them going to Vicious and him knowing everything and all things? Girl, I, the only thing I could think about during that whole scene was the fact that my man rage was like buck ass naked <laughs> in his room while vicious and was a butch yeah vicious and butch yeah. were in the room with him tying him up with some some chains to the bed <laughs> and then knowing full well what's gonna go down and then waiting and then outside. My, and then mary and then them waiting outside the whole time <laughs> that's like I was reading, I was like, "This is all I can think about. I can only think about the fact that everyone, every everyone knows what's going on. Like everyone is aware." <laughs> so awkward. I mean, I feel like these men, like they're so comfortable being naked with each other. I mean, it's just second nature for them. I feel like at this point. I know, but I was just like, Ooh, "Okay, yeah, it was a bit icky." But I just need to know, like, did you have any thoughts about like the like clearly like they're hinting he has a heavy right. BDSM yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have thoughts, but because you told us, because oh. I listened to our, our episode before yeah. I got to that part in the book, so I was, like, reminded of the fact that you said that V was into BDSM, so when that scene happened, I was like, oh, here's the, he, he's the, he's the, the chain guy that you go to. Yeah, he's the, the ropes and the chains yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. suitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you feel? I feel like this is a therapy session. All we're, all we're saying is, how did you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> Tell me about your oh, thoughts. Well, actually, I, I do want to mention, I thought it was, um, I hate that. I, how many times have I said the word interesting this whole episode? Intriguing. Um, Use another word. I'm kidding. Intriguing. Mm, good word. Good word. Okay, okay. Um, I thought it was intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> that... <laughs> During that sex scene with the beast, at first, they start kissing, and Mary kind of can't get turned on. Because she's by afraid. The alone. Well, yeah, but I just, I liked that. Yeah. I liked that, like, it wasn't, like, instantaneous, like, 
I'm so turned on. Yeah. You know, it was like they're kissing and it's not working. And then he's like, give me a boob. And she gives him a, she feeds him a boob. And then that kind of helps get things going. And then she face sits and yeah. that gets things going for real, real. Yeah. But I just, I liked that it took time. It wasn't like instantaneously she was like oh i'm so turned on like this yeah i mean it makes sense like in her mind like all she knows is like what rage told her about this beast and like in a way it's kind of like a whole different person for her it's funnily easy for him or i guess i should say surprisingly easy for him to then be like i'm he's like he's sticking around (laughs) like turns out this curse is not ending and he's going to be here a while. You know, like, I feel like there was perhaps, like, a bit missing there of just, like... Well, I mean, without getting to it, getting into it, without getting into it, but it's just, like, the whole idea of, like, shut up. <laughs> the whole idea of, like, you know, Mary's going to die Right, I don't no, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's way, like, it's, like, pros and cons type of stuff. He's, like... Mary lives, or and I stay with my beast forever, or the curse stays, but Mary dies. Yeah. And I guess like that does kind of it's kind of like an eye opener type of situation. Yeah. But I just thought it was still like a little, like he was fully like, well, you're just gonna have to love b- both of us. And Mary was like, okay, yeah, I kind of like him anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I love him, love the beast, but I think it's all like the whole like metaphor of like. Loving all parts of yourself and even the parts sure. you hate. And in the end, he learned to love all sides of him, all parts of him. So what you're saying here, Saf, is that the beast, the monster of the story, is in fact embodied literally in the book. There you go. Wow. That, that's what I kind of thought. <laughs> and also, like, we already <laughs> talked about, like, not, like, rage not being seen more as a fuckboy. No, I'm just making sure I have no- Oh, we didn't even talk about the climax. Um, Which one? <laughs> um, and we didn't talk that about- was the fakest laugh <laughs> ever. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Damn. It was like my laugh at like your pun, you know, like the ha 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 No, that wasn't a laugh. That was like, I feel bad for you. <laughs> You know, like those videos where, like, they say laugh, like, fake laugh until you real laugh? I feel like that was me just <laughs> Anyways. What, what climax? What, what? The whole, like, you know, Butch goes with uh, Mary to the hospital, um, and she finds out that the cancer is, like, progressing, and they're, like, no treatments, and then she actually ends up staying there. No, she doesn't go with Butch. She goes with Rage, and then Butch ends up staying with her during that time, and then she's basically, like, gonna die soon. Um, and then, you know, Rage basically, like, cries and begs the Scribe Virgin to, uh, save her life, and then there's always, there's a price, and the price is he would never be able to see Mary again if he does, she'll, like, Mary will die instantly, um, and he obviously takes that without really, like, allowing her to consent to that, but, like, whatever, that's, like, whatever. Uh, right, okay. First off, I do want to mention that I I really liked the very small moment where uh, her appointment is during the day and he, he has her change it for like later because I guess it's like probably winter time or something mm-hmm. and so the sun sets earlier 
and he's like the the kind of like desperate way that he delivers that and it was done quite well in the audiobook like just like the kind of vulnerability in his voice that of the the voice actor like how he was saying those lines where he was like i i like i need you to to change the time of this yeah. appointment because i need to be there when you hear this but the cure okay Let's get into it. So, like, I mean, up until that point, he agrees to it, and then he believes that Mary is not dead to him, but he'll never see her again, so he literally goes into mourning, and the brothers all, like, you know, mourn with him, um, which I thought was a, a good scene, but anyways, you know, at the end of the book, Mary uh, makes her way back to the mansion, and uh, Rage is, of course, like, you know, he's in mourning, so he's, like, I think he was, like, kneeling on diamonds, and his knees are all bloody, and, like, he's just, yeah, a wreck. Um, and they are allowed to be together. The Sky Virgin visits them again because she finds out that Mary um, is no longer able to have her own kids biologically. Um, it's just not in the cards for her because of all the, the treatments and the medication that she went through um, for her cancer and all of that. Um, so a life for a life in the sense where her own ability to like create children um yeah create life um is taken from her so that was enough payment um in terms of the scribe virgin so they are allowed to be together because of that (sighs) listen (laughs) (laughs) i don't hate it i don't even dislike it yeah i guess i'm just like eh about it and but like describe because i feel like it's an easy out kind of you know and i will say i'm i'm extremely biased currently like right now because i'm i'm reading a lot of dan may books <laughs> in which in which in this kind of situation it would have ended like without an easy cure where it's like oh never mind you gave your childbearing abilities away well you didn't give it it was taken from you by medication but you know what I mean like it's just I guess I'm just so currently used to like the pain and suffering and then like that kind of storyline that it felt easy but I don't know that if I wasn't reading what I'm currently reading and like wrapped up in those kinds of emotions and storylines that like I would have felt like it was that easy i don't know i mean okay so i i personally thought it was fine um but for me the thing that i had an issue with was like the emphasis and like the the emotions from the scribe virgin put on the like the idea of not being able to carry your own children was like kind of like there you know there are other options right (laughs) like mary even says at the end like you know (laughs) adoption's still on the table like we can adopt whatever like that's fine with me and rage is all for it um, so I like that, you know, they're not so focused. Even Mary, when she finds out that was the reason why her and Rage could be together, she's like, oh, yeah, I knew that, but I didn't say anything because I don't really, it's not really, like, what I'm thinking about at this time. Um, I liked that. Um, as it being an easy fix, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, it's whatever. Well, because it's not a sacrifice in the sense that a sacrifice to me is something that is given up with awareness and done with like 
Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like she, she, she lost her fertility because she was undergoing treatments that were harsh on her body. Mm -hmm. And that's the result of that. It wasn't like she was doing those treatments to treat a cancer. That was the focus. It wasn't an I'm sacrificing my fertility. Like, it was just like, that's a cause that's like or i guess an effect of that and not like a you know what i mean whereas it wasn't like oh i'm giving up this thing so that i may have my life with you no agreed the sacrifice is what he did yeah that he was fully so like i guess it was it wasn't quite like equal in my brain in that sense but like which i think is what makes it feel easy because it's like it's something that she had already given up on yeah prior to meeting him yeah she already knew it was briefly mentioned like oh my gosh she brought up kids like he's thinking about having children and she's like i can't have them that's true so like clearly it is like a sacrifice in their relationship in the sense where like he's gonna have to give up having like children that are biologically his unless he like goes to the chosen or whatever but um i think it was more so seen as like i guess more of a sacrifice in terms of like the scribe virgin because she carried her own children and like she like birthed these amazing beings um and so in that sense she saw that as a huge sacrifice whereas mary it's a difference in perspective, I would say. Like, she's, like, lived without, like, with this idea of not having her own children for about, like, one or two years. So, like, she's, all, she's like, made her peace with that. But, like, I understand you saying that it wasn't, like, a conscious sacrifice. Like, it wasn't something that, like, she chose to give up to be with Rage. Right. It's kind of like, I mean, I'm going to make a really poor uh, example here. But it's kind of like you learn that you're intolerant to sugar so you have to stop eating chocolate yeah and then 15 years later someone's like well i'm gonna give you this because turns out you gave up chocolate (laughs) it's like but i had already given up chocolate you know what i mean like it was like because i couldn't eat sugar like, I just, it doesn't, anyways. I mean, it's, it's just, like the it's, whole, like, don't look, was it a gift horse in the mouth or whatever, something like that. Right, no, sure. I mean, at this yeah. point, like, they're just happy to be together. And the scribe virgin, like, one thing I really liked about that scene where Rage is, like, bawling his eyes out, crying and pleading the scribe virgin to save Mary was that you saw this side of her, whereas, like, the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, this bitch, she hates him. And he rightfully believes that she hates him, too. And, like, I think it's done well in the sense where um, she's there and she's, like, she feels the pain of rage. And she's, like, you know what? There has to be a balance. I don't like what I'm doing and I feel bad. But, like, there has to be a balance and, like, you know, a, like, a price has to be paid. Um, and it's just, like, she he made Mary his whole life. And, like, I feel like that's established early, early on. So, like, yeah. It's just, like, I felt bad in, for her in that sense. Not felt bad, but I... I I empathized a bit. Yeah, and at the end of the day, uh, it serves the plot and it gives you a happy ever after, which is <laughs> literally, you have to. The, them, thems are the rules yeah. of romance. So, yeah, I'm not mad. Like I said, it's not, I don't dislike it. I don't hate yeah. it. I'm just like, eh. Like, it, it was giving me the angst, but then the solution kind of took that away. In a that's way. understandable. So, anyways... But we didn't talk about the... I, when you said climax, I thought you were going to talk about the Bella No, stuff. I mean, that's... that's I mean, climax of Rage and Mary's story. But now let's get okay. into the whole Bella and Zetas <laughs> at the party. 
Right. So. So Bella goes to the party. Uh, fully intending for one reason and one reason only to <laughs> find Zetas <laughs> and you know uh, see where things could go. Yeah. Um, she finds him. Well, I mean, first of all, she finds his brother. Well, Fury finds. Okay, so Mary like fills Fury's head with like you know Bella's a ma- like a female of worth. Like she's great. You guys should like you know explore things. And then Rage is like, you know, he's, like, celibate. But she's like, it's okay. Like, it'll work. And, then like, he's kind of, like, going down to this party with this, like, mentality. Like, oh, maybe I should just... Like, Bella's beautiful. Um, so he goes and talks to her. And then all she... She only has eyes for one brother and run one brother alone. And that's Zetas. And she literally went there to see him. Right. And she and keeps looking at Zetas. And Fury keeps looking at her. And then when she goes to see Zetas, or he finds her, I can't remember... Uh, he's like, he keeps looking at you, blah, yeah. blah, blah, like, go ahead. Why are you wasting time with me? Right. Right. I feel like I'm not going to do their moments justice, and I fear your wrath if I don't, so I'm going to let you okay. explain. <laughs> so basically, it's the whole, like, they're at the party, they're in a public setting, and, um, she, like, finds a way back to Fury, or, like, I guess Fury hovers around her. He's always there. Um, he basically is, like, you know, my brother, like you said, he's fully said that he's not broken. He's, like, ruined. And we're just, like, what is it? What was it saying again? Like, all we're waiting for is, like, for, him to for the funeral, or basically. Yeah. And then, like, um, Bella's, like, she, like, kind of backs away from Fury because she's, like, what is, like, this twisted up, like, mentality? And she's, like, okay, cool but bye and then she <laughs> she sees <laughs> she sees Zetas like leave the room because I guess he's over the party so she follows him upstairs as one does when she sees a hot man and um she follows him follows him follows him until she makes it to his bedroom and she feels like the gust of cold air coming from his room she sees like a pallet of like a blanket or two on the ground with like a skull and she's yanked into the room and doors closed, and like Zetas. What was he gonna do? Like sacrifice someone? Like what was he doing? With the skull? Yeah, it looked like he was like doing some. I don't know, some some sorcery of sorts. He, you'll see. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, so he is like, why? Like, why are you in my room? Like, what's going on? And like, he literally tries to scare her. Um, and we know she's intrigued by him, you know, right off the bat. And he is like, you want to be fucked? Fine, we'll fuck. And he, like, literally pushes her against the door, is really rough with her, but she's, like, she's feeling it. Wait, he starts off grabbing her boobs, though, and then they talk some more, and then she says something, she says, like, the wrong thing again, like, that kind of ticks him off. Yeah. And then that's when he, like, flips her around. Yeah. And, like, you hear the rip of the... Panty. Yeah. Yeah. And he pushes against her, his, his member, she can feel him against her entrance and that's when he kind of like freezes he freezes and runs away when his hand like goes down goes down and he grabs her and he feels that she is that she's wet wet. like she's wet right you're right Um, yeah 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 yeah, and then that's when he freezes and he pulls back and he's like get the fuck out Mm. 
Like, just go. Um, And then he runs to the bathroom and he vomits. Yeah. And he wraps wraps his shirt around his hand. Because he's trying to cover the scent. Um, Yeah. But not before, like, he... He didn't send her out before telling her that, like, you make me sick. And, um, right. so, he like, yeah, he's there vomiting he on, like, you know, in the washroom. He's, like, literally, like, s- shaking. You can tell he's suffering from, like, some severe PTSD. And, like, her being wet was, vi- like, a trigger for him. And he, like, mentions it in his, like, inner monologue. It was, like, his mistress was always wet um, because she liked seeing him unable to fight back. And, like, that was, that was just what he associated with, like... But then he also says it's been hundreds of years since he's had a female that was wet. Like, since he's gotten the female wet. wet. Well, yeah, because it was that. his mistress. He's never had, like, an actual, like, willing female. Like, he's had, like, the like the women he's paid for. I mean, they're not wet. Right, but they, they don't get wet. That's what yeah. he's saying. Like, they don't get the wet. The last female he had was unconsensual, and that was his mistress. Um, so that's why it was a, a, like a trigger for him because like, you know, he's never felt someone that was attracted to him before. And, um, he just doesn't know why she would feel that and like what, like what was going on. And like, then he thinks that he's just a thrill for her, like, you know, uh, walking on the dark side or whatever. And anyways, Bella follows him back to his room. She sees him in the washroom and she's like, so you weren't lying. Like I actually make you sick literally uh, <laughs> Ouch. and he's still like coming down from like that you know that uh, i guess ptsd attack is that what you say yeah yeah sure yeah um and she tries to like i guess find out because she realizes at this point that there's something more to it it's not that like you know he just is the way he is because he wants to be there's clearly like something that's happened to him in his past she tries to reach out and touch him and he gets up and literally like finds himself in a corner he's scrambling away and he's literally like raising his i love head, how your voice got trying, so much closer because my heart breaks and he's trying to like go into the wall to escape her touch and he's begging her to not touch him oh my gosh anyways um he makes her promise to never see him again like don't come find him yeah leave me never come back yeah how did you feel about that scene like the whole oh loved it obviously loved it how did you feel Loved about, like, it. our boy, like, going into a corner and, like, not wanting touch at all? I loved it. I love that he gets sick. I love that he wraps his hand so that he won't smell her anymore. I love that, you know, he gets pushed into sort of exhibiting these, like, this, like, behavior that's, like, expected of him. Mm-hmm. But then it makes him sick in turn because it's, like, it's not who he is and it completely goes against, like you know his his true nature which is then and his history of like what we what he went through yeah. and like yeah i i love the contrast yeah and he like really thought that she would be like scrambling away and running away like putting on that tough act but then she's yeah. actually aroused and like for him like he said he's like he's never experienced a woman actively like wanting him for him and it's just like he's also never wanted a woman he's never really like never came before so um so he's like what the hell like i no pains involved like no fear is involved what what the heck's going on he usually only gets aroused when he sees a woman's fear that whole scene loved it 
I love him. I am in love with Zayn. I've said this a million times, but anyways, I just like, I just, my heart goes out to him and I just love him. Breaking news. <laughs> Sephra is in love with Zaytas. Who knew? I don't know. Um, More at five. Anyways. And then now I guess you can talk about the, the rest. Well, basically she goes home and um, when she's home, um, she gets attacked or kidnapped, I should say, by um, one of the lessers. Yeah. And uh, his name is was it was that Mister O? Mis- yeah, or o. Ormond, David Ormond. And uh, yeah, because he's I don't know that's the part of the plot that we didn't talk about. Whatever he's like looking for his Jennifer, whatever, whatever. Anyways, we don't care. Yeah. So basically, I I don't think he killed his wife. He clearly they were very toxic towards one another, and they kept beating each other up. And he would beat her to the point where like she's almost dead. But then she dies in a car crash, I think. And he's like, I need to find my Jennifer again. And then as he's there, um, trying to like find Mary, he sees like Bella, cause Bella is like, oh, the lights on at Mary, so that means V is probably there. So she goes to like say hi to V, vicious, and then she realizes that it's not vicious, and so she's trying to run back, and then she like, right. the lesser sees yeah. her, and then he's like, oh my gosh, that's Jennifer. She's alive, not alive, but, like, she looks just like Jennifer. And, yeah. yeah. And um, it doesn't take long for the BDB guys to realize something is uh, amiss. And, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Zeta, Zeta's first for a guy who supposedly, you know, doesn't care. He sure is preoccupied. <laughs> He is, uh, yeah. So she's kidnapped, and they're all like, oh my gosh, we've got to find her, a civilian. No, she's, no, she's part of the Glamira, um, which is like the vampire aristocracy. And they're like, oh my gosh, we've got to find her. And Z is just like, no, they're like, I'm going to kill all of them. Like, I will find her. She needs to be safe. And everyone's like, what the hell? Like, you don't, like, like you said, he doesn't care right. about any. You ha- Don't you hate women? Yeah. And then, like, even Fairy is like, no, I need to find her because, like, you know, I feel something, like, you know, I feel like this little thing. Yeah, for a boy. I don't know about chest. that. And then everyone's like, anyways. So <laughs> the book ends basically with um, Z going there basically every night. <laughs> or it's only been like a night or two, I think. And, like, Butch is also there. And then they both make this pact to whatever happens, we will find her. And we will destroy the lesser that kidnapped her, no matter the cost. And, yeah, that's where that one ends. Right. Because Butch has, like, history with, like, women going missing because of his sister and stuff. So, right. And that's kind of where it ends, really. Um, I think we've... Huh? So why the heck is this episode so long? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't think so. I, I really thought we'd be here for like an hour and that'd be it. Um, Yeah. So briefly, what is the the monster of the story? Uh, right. You so think? I like we talked about, it was like the whole beast and like the whole metaphor of loving all sides of yourself, including like, I feel like that was something that Mary felt as well. Um, but for Rage, I also saw, like, him not being seen more than a fuckboy, and, like, that kind of really bugged him. Um, like, the constant rubbing from his brothers, and also, like I said, the fear of his beast. For Mary, I felt like her monster was, like, fear of rejection, and she kept pushing Rage away and trying to keep what they had light because she didn't want to show him, like, the ugly sides of her, and she just, like, for the, 
the life of her, she couldn't figure out why he was so intrigued and attracted to her um, because of, like, you know, the toll cancer took on her body. Like, she is, she has scars everywhere, and, yeah, she, like, feared that he'd leave her when the going got tough, and that kind of, like, pushed the relationship back a lot and, like, put them in a standstill. Um, but, yeah, it backfired, and, like, it, it made him, like, not want to be around her at that point. Um, and he stopped fighting for them. But that that was what I thought the monsters were. That was exactly what I had. So <laughs> I'm not going to add anything to that. Yeah. Uh, well said. Thanks. Um, shockingly <laughs> two hours in. Um, right. Uh, all right. I wasn't done. So I think. Oh, you're not I was going to ask you, what were your thoughts about. But we didn't talk about Butch at all. How do you feel about him? You feel anything about him? He wasn't really. No, I wasn't thinking okay, about great. him at all. Um, not great. <laughs> sorry. I mean, sorry for the butchers <laughs> out there. I'm so sorry. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the we hate butch agenda continues. Anyways, I was also gonna ask you, what stories are you most um excited for or intrigued by? Mine is Z because we know you're excited about him. Are you intrigued by, like, any of the name drops or, like, just any character in general? Um, I'm intrigued by the... Mm-hmm. I am intrigued by Fury just because I want to know what the fuck his deal is. Like, what does what this celibacy think about? Why? Um, <clears throat> and... Yeah, that's it, really. I would have liked, like, a little novella about Tor. Like, I would have liked to know how he got with his miss. But. Um. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is that? Nothing. You'll, you'll. Am I saying the wrong things? No. I mean, that's, I, I don't want to spoil anything because you got to read. You got to read. Keep reading. God. Um. I did think it was funny, though, that, that, because you asked about Butch. I did think it was funny that they were such a presence in the, in the first book, Butch and Marissa, like that whole story. Yeah. And then here it's like absent. I know. No, I mean, it's not for <laughs> like the lack Marissa of. Like Marissa who? The, it's not for the lack of trying on his part. He like is dressing to the sure. nines and he's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go call on Marissa and see if she wants to see me. But then he gets rejected time and time again. Oh, shoot. I just touched this. Um. And so, yeah, it's not for the lack of trying. Sure. I mean, no, I just, I think it's funny that J.R. Ward is kind of like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> because I feel like it was the whole, like, shit, I only have three books. I need to make sure these three books count type thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But obviously, like, what I'm most looking forward to and, like, really the only one I'm, like, really looking forward to is Zetas, so... Speaking of, um, we will be continuing uh, with book three as well. Lover Awakened, right? That's the title. Yeah. Uh, Seth has already read it. <laughs> I need to listen to it. So one can assume that it shouldn't take as long between <laughs> this episode and the episode on book three this time around. Hopefully, uh, unless the world ends in the meantime. But um, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, we're not making promises for like past that, yeah. but uh, book three for sure. You can I expect us to feel talk like about. We need to get at least, at least to Vicious's book, and that's book five. But it means we're gonna have to suffer through Butch and Marissa. 
But do we do we though? You have to, because a lot of these like character grows a bit in book four. Like a lot of his character grows after. I love that after book one, I was like, oh, I'm interested in Butch and Marissa, and now I'm like, do I have to? <laughs> do I have to? <laughs> Anyways, um, so I think this is it for this episode. Before we, no, um, I, I just want to know, do you want to, do you want to rank these characters or? No, it doesn't feel right. This is not here. Okay. All right. So I think this will be it for this episode. Uh, sorry. It ended up being quite long. <laughs> we did Ooh, not expect why. that. <laughs> right. So hopefully you enjoyed it nonetheless. Um, if you have thoughts that you would like to share with us about the series, these characters, anything we said, uh, you can always find us online. We are on Instagram at Romans and the Monsters Podcast, also on Twitter at the RTM Pod. If you want to email us, uh, our email is Romans and the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we are also on YouTube if you prefer that format or you like captions or whatever. Uh, just search for the name of the podcast and you should be able to find us over there. My voice is so shot. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> Dead ass painful. Anyway, uh, and if you're looking for me specifically, I'm on both uh, Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Foes with Lows. And also, please feel free to leave a rating or review on most of the podcast platforms. That is a lie, but wherever you can leave a review, do so. <laughs> How is that a lie? Because it's literally just Apple Podcasts, <laughs> I think. And Google, right? <laughs> Something like that. Anyways, sorry. <sighs> um, false advertising. <laughs> If you're listening on a podcast platform where you can leave a review, feel free to do so. Um, all right. See ya. I don't want to say next week because our upload schedule is a little funky right now, but see you <laughs> next episode, whenever that is. Bye. Bye.